<laughs> Jeff, and we are back, and uh, I'm joined as usual by my good buddies Richard. Hello. And Michael. Howdy. These guys. It's so nice to see your faces, boys. Uh, oh. I missed you. I missed you. And I think our, I'm sure our listening and viewing audience missed us. Don't answer that, folks. Don't answer yeah, that. That's <laughs> a rhetorical question, everybody. Yeah. Uh, it, well, your voices are music to my ears. And um, mm-hmm. maybe that's a hint at the topic. Uh, Michael, will you tell us what the topic is? Uh, Turn off the music. Yeah, I don't. That's a song I don't need to hear again. <laughs> uh, the original topic is uh, Mount Rushmore of songs I never need to hear again, and some somehow uh, in our uh, Facebook little group it got kind of bastardized to great songs I don't need to hear for a while. Um, but in my head, it's just songs I just never need to hear again. So whether they are great or not to you, to listener or to me or to Richard or to Jeff, I guess it's all kind of moot, mm-hmm. but there's one song in particular, which kind of kicked it off for me. Just like I, a song that has been playing almost nonstop um, for all of us since the kind of early eighties that um, really just is like, I got it. I got, I understand why it was popular. I understand the appeal to it. I'm done. I, I, it, it, it no longer, if the song, if I was on, it's like a reverse desert Island disc song. Mm -hmm. Like if I was on a desert Island and I never heard the song again, I could just, I'm, I'm good. I'm, it will (laughs) always be with me uh, in my head, unfortunately. Mm -hmm. Um, But I don't know. I just think, I just think that there is an interesting way that, songs whether they're great or not can either become earworms or become so affecting to you in a in a certain way that you're just like no uh, i'm good i i'm done i'm done with it yeah i i feel like uh there's an implication so if one had heard a song once or none it would not you would not be sick of it right so i oh no no i i don't know i don't know i mean i (laughs) there are some songs that i've i i I'm sure if I put my mind to it to think about being like, I, I got it. Yeah. I'm good. We're, never, never again. Never again. Yeah. Well, I, I think maybe uh, we were discussing uh, off, off mic, the uh, Mandela effect, the, how, how sometimes our topics kind of evolve through rephrasing. And yeah. I think may, maybe my presumption was if a song becomes in prominent in the pop culture, then it is through repetition that you become familiar with it and then become annoyed with it perhaps. So whether it is enjoyable to you or not, you've, you may have heard it prominent. It, it took a prominent spot and that yeah. that's made me, maybe that is the um, uh, contempt you have uh, bred from familiarity by hearing so much, but yeah, maybe it doesn't bear that much analysis. We jump right into it. And Richard, what's your first one? All right. So my first one, and I kind of stuck more with the, uh, the, the, uh, evolved version of this so these are all okay. songs that i don't necessarily hate some of them i like some of them I've, I've liked quite a bit for a long time um but they're just the, the, this one was the one that made me think about this the tweak to the topic specifically but we're thinking about the topic specifically um dear god by xtc oh wow mm. oh that's a that's an interesting choice loved that song when i was a kid um, was one of my gateways into the band, which was my mm-hmm. favorite band as a when I was in high school. 
and I'm good with it. Yeah. You know, it's just one of those, it's one of those songs where I think partially it's overexposure. You know, if you listen to the Sirius XM first wave app or the, uh, the station, you will after a while start to think to yourself, you know, guys, XTC had more than two songs. There's more than this and since is working overtime. There's a whole range of albums yeah. you could choose. You could put select songs from, and they're all great songs. So why do we have to fixate on this one? Hmm. Well, it's because it's one of the, one of the songs that broke through into the larger commercial zeitgeist, I guess. And, you know, it touches a nerve with a lot of people. I think we've discussed this on the show before, just sort of being one of those songs that if you're somebody who are of a certain age and maybe fell out of religion or kind of your views on a lack of religion crystallized at a certain point of your life, the song may have been part of that awakening or those sort of reinforcing those feelings that you had. Doesn't mean it's, and, and maybe this is where the, I don't know that it's my favorite XTC song, just as a song. There are certain things about it where I'm like, as soon as I hear the 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 first little like guitar part, the ding, 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 mm-hmm. ding, and the little kid's voice starts in. And I don't know Andy Partridge, the singer and songwriter of the song, has said he was never really comfortable with having the little kid on the, the kid's voice starting off the song. And it is kind of a little bit of nails on chalkboard. Hmm. There is an element of that feeling like you're about ready to hear someone break into the sun will come out tomorrow mm-hmm. <laughs> or something like that. So that, that I don't think helps. And while I think it's a great song, I think the lyrics are a little on the nose. I don't think it's the most subtle take on, on the, on the topic. And so maybe that doesn't help with hearing it after the 50th or 60th time kind of feeling like, okay, I got it. Yeah. You don't believe in God. Got it. <laughs> so that was, the, this was the song that even though I love the band, if I hear it come on the radio, I'm at this point pretty likely to change the channel and see what's, see mm-hmm. what's going on in this oldie soul station or something like that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel like you've tapped into one of the things that I uh, respond to is a, in music is a little bit of the embarrassment of a posture that I, that, that music enabled me to take. Like this was from my yes. fake punk period. Or this, this was from my suburban, um, a rebel period. Yes. <laughs> yeah. XTC in, in a way I'm, you know, somewhat proud that I was part of, uh, that I was questioning the things that were being handed to me and somewhat kind of embarrassed at maybe the ham fisted way that, that I was, doing it <laughs> you know yeah did it did it have to be at christmas in front of grandma <laughs> yes yes yeah. sort of the the rebellious youth where you look back on it now and you go oh what an asshole i was yeah yeah all the, a, all the all the <laughs> all the very kind people who were going that's nice sweetheart just <laughs> just yeah finish, just, your, finish your turkey <laughs> yes exactly yeah. i do uh, I do wonder is um, one thing I listen to that song and there's it, this, this is for a lot of a lot of, I think, alternative rock. Like if you listen to REM, REM was so that song, the, the run grid production of that album um, is so clean and, and polished in, in a way 
that it's almost embarrassingly traditional that song um right. it's got it's got to work you know a, a string quartet i think in it <laughs> so so in a way it's coming it's a fu we're doing something edgy here in in one of the most kind of formulaic traditional <laughs> kind ways, of ways you could possibly do it and it's yeah. a very the production of that album is very specific i mean it's a, it sounds like a Todd, every Todd Rundgren production that's ever been made, like yeah. you said, very clean, very crisp, to the point of being almost too much. Yeah, and it's very, even though it's a very '60s influenced album, it still sounds very '80s to me. Mm-hmm. So there's, I think, an element of of that to it as well. Um, but yeah, I just think that it's just one of those songs where you're supposed to connect to people through this song, like, oh man, I loved that song when I was. 15 or something like that yeah and i think you're absolutely right for a lot in a lot of ways it's like i think back of who i was when i was 15 and it's kind of all like a little embarrassing yeah yeah the, it's kind sure. of like uh you know i'm not gonna i'm not gonna wear my doc martens anymore either <laughs> yeah exactly. i don't i don't put manic panic in my hair yeah. Like <laughs> yeah i don't do that yeah all right michael what do you got uh, my first song is Rhapsody in Blue by George Gershwin. No, ah. <laughs> no what a what a fucking so get out of here! What a hack! Uh, what are you? What's he doing? How are you? Uh, no, my first song is the one that um, really inspired this this topic in the first place, which is um, "You Spin Me Round" (parentheses like a record) uh. by Dead or Alive, which um, over the years has just become such a vapid non-song to me everything about it i'm so bored with from just the lyrics just yes a record a record does spin around i ah yes just like that um that it has become this weird like i don't know idealized or ideal version of like how crappy music in the 80s was (laughs) it just doesn't mean anything it just doesn't mean anything it's just a dance song that uh, I just can't stand to hear anymore. It's that earworm that just like has dug. <laughs> I mean, look at this. Uh, I mean, uh, this uh, is quasi pirate. I mean, this looks like <laughs> if you're looking on the YouTube show, the um, the lead singer of um, Dead or Alive uh, looks like a a character from um, Our Flag Means Death or something. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, but uh, I, I this song is like there's a lot of like bad songs from the '80s, like. I could hear Mickey by Tony Basil a hundred million more times than I could hear this song. And that song fucking sucks. But this song, <laughs> but this song for whatever reason, I think it's the rep- repetition of it. I think it has nothing to say. I think it is so uninteresting, but it is so immensely popular and speaks of the time that where some of this music really meant nothing. It was all dance. It was all pop. It was all like new wave, whatever. It just it just drives me up the wall. I just I I I can't hear it again. I'm I'm not traumatized. I'm, what's the opposite? I'm just like um thrashing out at the world against. Uh, you spin. Oh, Je- uh, Jeff. Uh, you need to put the parentheses. Like a right record. Right. Oh, after, like a record after oh, the right. end because then you don't know the full name of the song and it's um pure in it's the great Sorry. value that it has added to the world. Because if we don't know that if you sp- a record spins around, then how, w- how would we know Yeah, how they spin you? <laughs> Gotta hate this song. This is looking up uh, <laughs> lead singer, um, Pete Burns. It said, uh, 
often referred to as the king of punk. What? By who? I don't, I don't know. Yeah, by, by Pete Burns. Yeah. By Pete Burns. <laughs> that is dance pop at at the most. Um, wow. That's so funny. That's so funny. Yeah, there's that's nothing right. punk about this song. No. no. I mean, that that that's 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 a lie on multiple accounts. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Okay, well, well so wait a second, Michael. What did you think yeah. back in the day? Did you think it was Well, okay, I you know, I I grew up listening to um in my early formative years, it was all like chipmunk punk and uh, the soundtrack oh, to stand by me and uh by the time I got to like, you know, like junior high and high school, like it was like on the edge of like the alternative scene, listening to, you know, mm-hmm. what have you, Smashing Pumpkins and Pearl Jam yeah. and uh, Nirvana and a myriad of other, you know, K-Rock bands. But the thing is, like listening to K-Rock, like especially on like the summer or the winter or on weekends, like there was a flashback lunch every mm-hmm. day at noon. Uh, I don't, it, I don't think it was. I don't think it was Rodney that was doing it. I can't remember who used to do it. It was like a British guy. Rodney. Was it, was it uh, Richard Blade? Thank you, Richard Blade. Richard Blade's flashback lunch, where it's like an hour and a half, and it was all like 80s stuff. So there was just this constant like drumbeat or you know, synthesizer yeah. of like just 80s music <laughs> 80s music. <laughs> I kid you not, that's Pete Burns today. That is hmm. Madonna. Same. Is the, a, <laughs> same person same person um there was just this constant like drum so like the 80s like never really left yeah like there was there was like a like i had like this huge gap of a musical lack of knowledge which lasts from like 1970 to like mm-hmm. 1977 where there's like seven to ten years of music that i just didn't i just don't know but yeah all this crap from the 80s was just always just present and yeah. so a song like this would just be like it would just pop up every you know three to nine days and you just you'd hear something like this you'd hear it all you'd hear it always or you'd hear like um you know i think they even did like in uh i can't remember what other radio station is but there's like a friday 80s night that from like eight to ten they'd always it was just all 80s music mm-hmm. so like invariably the song just never left your life you never yeah. got the chance to be like oh yeah i remember that song it was like it was always there yeah yeah and i think that this the song just even even just like you know the chorus of it it's just every you just keep saying round round you spin me like a record round round <laughs> like a record baby round and it's just like i get it i get it i'm get me off this turntable <laughs> i'd be curious i imagine many of the songs that we're that maybe we may choose today the artists don't want to play them either <laughs> like right. well, please God, save me from this song yeah uh, i can see that too. yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, Richard, what's what's your next? My second choice, and this is, you know, even though Michael says he has a, a, a pop culture musical blindness to most of the 70s, mm. I believe this is one that broke through. And I'm going after some of them. Going after Sacred Targets here, guys. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, wow. I, okay. Yeah, I can understand that. It's, I get it. it. I get it. I appreciate the song. Yeah, it's never connected with me personally. I it, it it it's I like Queen a lot, and there are a lot of Queen songs I really really like, and this isn't one of them. So the fact this is the Queen mm-hmm. song that 
everybody knows and that yeah. everybody sings along to and that everyone does at karaoke and that everyone when it comes on the radio has to do the the four-part harmonies or whatever has just always frustrated me mm-hmm. a little bit because it's bloated it's 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 and it's Lyrically doesn't make any sense, which is fine because 90% of pop slash rock songs don't make any sense. But when it starts off with your protagonist, i.e. the person you're supposed to be rooting for, admitting to capital murder. Yeah. We're in trouble with this song from here if we're supposed to be sympathizing with this person. I mean, literally, he confesses to a (laughs) gangland-style murder. Can you imagine his... His attorney just sitting there looking at him like, what? What? We talked about this. Yeah, we talked about this at length. You're pleading the fifth, my dude. <laughs> Seriously. So you're no, saying it's it, hard to be on his side. It's hard to be on his side. It's yeah. hard to know what the song is. I mean, not only is the song not about anything, but it appears to be about is confusing. And it's it's just a lot. Yeah, I'll, I'll say that. Bohemian well, Rhapsody is a lot. Did you also? If, if it's not connecting with you, it's also a very long song. Are you also saying Queen deserves better because they have other songs that are? Yes, and I think that can be a, that can be a factor on why we think why we personally all have these songs that we don't need to hear for a long time. That we can maybe in twenty years, if I don't hear Bohemian Rhapsody, I'll listen to it again and go, "Oh yeah." Yeah, I haven't heard that in a long time. Yeah. And maybe it's what Michael was talking about. The fact that a song like You Spin Me Round, parenthetical like a record, Thank you. never really went out of the public consciousness in the same way that Bohemian Rhapsody, even when it started to, then Wayne's World comes out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's I think that's the key and... aspect of it is that it's not like this. I can't imagine that this was like the song that people wanted to hear when they went to go see Queen. Like when they went to go see Queen, like stomp around in concert and play like um, Fat Bottom Girls and like uh, We Are the Champions or something. We Are the Champions. Like so many other songs that you'd want to hear that are these true great four minute songs or whatever. Mm -hmm. And then you have like this thing that's like this twinkling on the keys at the beginning. And it feels very like I think there's an aspect of like the beginning of that song that's like. um, uh, boy, you've unzipped me, Richard. Uh, that like elements of like a uh, spinal tap where he's sitting there like uh, playing, you know, um, lick my love pump and uh-huh. like D minor. And like there's this element of like him like twinkling on the keys and especially uh-huh. the video for it. And he's just like, you know, ding, ding. And you're just like, oh, we got it. And then like it goes into this whole just ridiculous Italian, uh, you know, pseudo opera thing. Yeah. Pseudo opera thing. And I think that. I can't imagine that this was a song that everybody was clamoring for uh, in concert. And then, of course, the, you know, pop culture phenomenon that was Mike Myers and Dana Carvey. is just like, oh, well, they, they rejuvenated this band's career. They had, you know, obviously um, uh, he died and all that stuff. But like, well, certainly. Uh, this was, the, I don't know, maybe maybe I, too, have a you know, part of my seventies kind of um, lack of knowledge of how big queen was, but I don't know. I think a very popular movie that 
really helped revitalize this one song in particular, you know. Sure. And then the biopic, I think, picked it up. Yeah, then it then yep. it picked it up again. So it's just never had this it's never mm-hmm. had the opportunity to cool off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I also sometimes for most things I dislike, I I try to to um always remember this is my fault. <laughs> I'm the I'm the only <laughs> only one griping here. <laughs> you know, there's people still playing this at stadiums and and uh, loving it, but uh, there's something that that I resent the amount of overexposure, and I don't even think it's good for it's unhealthy for the song. It's a great song taken in in the right uh, proportions. <laughs> right, Michael, what's your second one? My second song is "Born in the USA" by Bruce Springsteen. Oh, now. I think that this song lived within a very specific moment and spoke to a very specific feeling. And I think that even when it first came out, it meant one thing and people took it to mean another thing. And I don't think it's ever really a song that has ever really been able to really come to its true, like understanding of like it's working class, uh, Blue collar. Yeah. Yeah. It's an indictment of America. It's not a celebration of America. Mm -hmm. And I think, uh, I think about this song and I think, I just don't want to, I just don't want to hear it. I've got it. I, I understand. I I just don't, I just don't care for it. I don't know. It's just, I just, um, Michael, I got to be honest with you. You are the person who I would least see liking a Bruce Springsteen song out of anyone I know. (laughs) Okay. Thank you. Yeah, maybe. I don't I mean, know what I, that says about you or Springsteen, but I just I just cannot picture you, whether it's this or I, Glory Days or I'm on Fire. I just don't I don't see you connecting none of it. with the Springsteen. Maybe just maybe it's just that none of it appeals to me and this is like his number one doesn't appeal to me song. Um I think I I think about this song and I think about the movie Rambo. And I think hmm. the people think about Rambo in the way that they think about him in Rambo first blood part yeah. two yeah. Rambo right. Rambo three, whatever. When the first Rambo was about basically like this character this born in the USA sort of character that came back and was disrespective. And he's just trying to get through life and everyone is tearing him apart and he's a loner and like this guy just needs a break. He's just trying to move through town or whatever. But um, this song just has so much, so many other people have grafted so much onto it that mm-hmm. I just, I, I can't, I, I don't want to hear it. I can't stand his gravelly voice in it. I don't, the sentiment is, feels like it's loft or, lost or it shifted. Mm-hmm. And it's just, uh, maybe it's just because I, you know, grew up in a, in the Valley and just, I yeah. just have none of those, I have none of those feelings associated with it that are supposed to be associated with it. I can understand it, but I just, I, I don't care. I think for me, as a Springsteen's career, he'd evolved from a Dylan kind of imitator into a a guy who kind of combined Dylan and Phil Spector into this guy who turned into like a beer commercial. And uh, at that point, I remember thinking, I I was still new to him, but I'd I'd heard um, Greetings from Asbury Park, and I'd heard these other records that had almost sound like it could have been a Van Morrison track or something. And I liked that stuff. Um, but yeah, the, the, in MTV, in this of this album, um, it just, yeah, it just turned into a big NASCAR 
Budweiser. And and, I, yeah, and, and I think I think there's still an aspect in like kind of current day politics where like you hear a song that that say um, Donald Trump plays at like one of his rallies that is immediately like uh, he gets like a cease and desist from yeah the uh, whoever's the person that wrote it being like you have no idea what the song's about you hurt you hear the words USA in it or the word patriot or whatever it is this whatever word that you've grafted onto that you've decided is about you when it has nothing to do with you or your beliefs or your politics and i this song just like lives in this kind of like cultural i don't know morass of just mm -hmm. like oh my god I, it just doesn't like and i just i just don't need to hear it I, yeah well, if it makes you feel any better here. Well, he does look good. He does look good in that's the white Bruce shirt. Today. That's Bruce Springsteen today. Oh, my goodness. Another Madonna oh. picture. This is great jokes for our listening audience. Here, by the way. Well, well, I guess we should do a halftime since we rarely uh, do it that much anymore. And I, see, I wonder if I can even play the halftime. Here's more music that you don't ever hear again. Um, just want to uh, remind people that we're still a thing. The Matt Rockwell podcast, and we oh, enjoy. Yeah. Please, please remind people of that. Enjoy in between um, catastrophic illnesses and homes uh, being torn apart. Uh, that we are, uh, we love talking to each other, and we love the listeners who take some time out of their day to listen to us. And we want to talk to you if you ever have a suggestion for a topic. Uh, previous suggestors have ended up being on the show and it was a lot of fun. So if you ever have a topic suggestion for the Mount Rushmore podcast or even a suggestion as a person you think would be great on our show, send it our way through our social handles on X. They've changed the name since we, the last we were yeah. on, I think. <laughs> uh, X and Instagram and Facebook. And, and we're on threads and, now. We're on threads. That's awesome. So how about that? Yeah. Oh, we are? Catching up catching up to six months yeah. ago. Oh, I yeah. haven't even um, I haven't even looked at threads or that account. Or you can email us, mountrushmorepodcast at gmail.com if you if you'd yeah. rather send an yeah. email our way. Yeah. I'd be happy to read it. Awesome. Okay. Uh so we is back and now Richard uh shares his third one. My third one, I I, I chose a song from this band, but really I could almost say this band just as a as a rule. Uh, the, the, but the song I chose is Blister in the Sun by the Violent Femmes. Oh wow. Mm. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm over Gordon Gano's voice. <laughs> just in, yeah. in, in the same way that if Emo Phillips would have been a huge star and he would have been someone who you heard relentlessly throughout the eighties, instead of this occasional voice that you heard on a comedy central or VH1 or wherever yeah. you would have gotten sick of his voice too. Oh, I love that comparison. And also, Blister in the Sun, It and maybe this is, and I'm looking at my choices, and they all seem to have one thing in common, which is some sort of, like, whether it's guitar or piano, some sort of basic intro. Mm. That You know, in this case with Blister in the Sun, it's got this very naive sort of guitar part at the beginning. And... That's something that I think if you're listening on the radio and you've heard the song for the 5,000th time that it's come on first wave or K rock or wherever it happened, wherever, you know, at this point K earth, because eighties are now oldies <laughs> here in Los Angeles. So the oldie stations are playing new wave. So whenever you hear that initial sort of melody come on, whether it's the piano or in this case, a guitar, 
it's a quick way to get me to go nope and just hit the change channel yeah. button almost immediately and it's just maybe there was a part I'm, I'm i'm sure i really loved this song for a long time but it's just this is one that falls definitely into the overplayed category it definitely falls into the this song and this band you have to like a very specific style and genre and be willing to accept a certain singing style and a musical playing style that I just, I'm just not into it, man. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, and this is one of those ones that if you're at a, at a wedding or a, a party and this, those first notes hit, 80% of the people are going to be, oh, yeah, blister in the sun, all right. And I'm just sitting there going, oh, <laughs> blister in the sun. And there's nothing, like, offensive about it. It's I don't feel the same way that Michael feels about Born in the USA about it. Mm -hmm. This is one of those ones that I think Communist would Communist clear... Michael, please. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, uh, Michael Winfield, the, uh, the commie master over here. No, I, it's not one of those ones. I, it's one of those ones that I feel very strongly about that if, if I just didn't mm -hmm. hear it for about a year, I would probably feel much more open to hearing it again, but it's just, I can't escape it. It's, it's being played at, you know, football games and grocery stores and, any place out in the public that you can hear a song, you can hear this, and it's on the radio all the time. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm good with it. We can, we can, we can take a time out on this song for an for a year. Come back to <laughs> yeah. it, see how it holds up. Now, this is a very, this is a very specific song, and they're a very specific kind of niche band. Do you feel that if you were to play this song to eighty percent? of America that they'd even know what this is or any song from that first album. Cause while we were sitting here, I was looking at like, I was like, okay, yeah, I, you know, there's a, they had quite a few like songs that I um, enjoyed and they were all from that first album. Um, it was just called violent femmes. Right. And I can't think of a single song other than like three or four songs on that album by them. And I wonder if they fall into this, if you're into the violent femmes, you were listening to K rock, right. Or whatever your local alternative station was or whatever, like, um, I just wonder at how new something like this would be to just the people in mass versus, uh, not a music I, snob like you, but someone who definitely, oh, um, has, listens to a lot more, um, nuanced or varied things. I don't know. No, I know where you're coming from. I think this is one of those songs that broke through in the, in the same way that You Spin Me Round did. Mm. That it, it kind of broke through the kind of like, this is a very alternative 80s sort of song. I could I could probably look up right now and find a dozen movies where this was on the soundtrack. I guess that, that I think is that's you know a super I mean? fair point. Yeah. So I'm okay. I'm just... And and again, maybe there's this is because I think there are better violent femme songs. Maybe I'm just sort of in the same way that I can understand why someone doesn't need to hear another They Might Be Giant song mm. again. Maybe it's the quirkiness of it. Yeah. That is kind of off-putting to me. And I, I, I don't 
but I don't feel that way about they might be giants, but with violent films, I do have that reaction. <coughs> Excuse me. So when people say, yeah, I don't need to hear they might be giants. I'm, I'm kind of good with them. I, I, I get it. Even though I'm a fan of the band, I've never been one to try and push people. Like, yeah, no, you need to try this album or this song. Cause it'll really change the way you feel about they might be giants. It's like, no, <laughs> they might be giants have a very specific sound sound and they're a very specific band and if it's not for you that once the those two or three songs that you heard chances are the rest of the catalog's not going to be for you either and maybe that's just violent films for me yeah i i'm with you on that i for me with the, when it comes to punk for some reason i've i've decided that i can discern the fake from the real which is bullshit i don't know anything <laughs> right but like i feel like they're fake midwestern punk not real you know or, or something it just seems like uh and that's my that's my problem with him and then i also think because his vocals are so distinctive when i hear gone daddy gone i feel like i'm hearing blister in the sun so I, I, right. some of the some of the other vocal it doesn't help for me that I feel like I'm hearing that same song all the time, or add it up or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. And I also don't like the fact that that Gordon Gano uh, tried to claim that the song is not about masturbation. It's like, come oh, on, really? dude, really? <laughs> who, who are we fooling here? It, it, so we so it could be uh, in a Wendy's commercial, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah so the, the fact that we could we, we could use this in gross point blank. Yeah. Okay, Michael. Uh, my third choice is a very personal one. It's oh, wow. the song A Punk, A hyphen punk oh. by the band uh, Vampire Weekend. Frankenstein Weekend. And I really like this song. However, however, whenever I plug my phone into my car and play music, it is the first fucking song that comes on every time. <laughs> And my car is set up for whatever stupid fucking reason to play the first letter A song, no matter if I have like a playlist playing before or anything. All I hear is this jangly. And it's just like, I got it. I'm, I'm never, I can't, I can't hear the song anymore. And it has all to do with my car and the way it interprets the signal, taking it from iTunes through the cord, charging it up. And then a punk starts blaring and it's a function of my car and it has nothing to do with the song or the <laughs> band or how talented they are, or these like, uh, these weird rich kids from the, you know, um, uh, the Atlantic side of the ocean in America uh -huh. and songs about, you know, living in, uh, opulence and being college kids and, uh, how wonderful their music is and how it grows on you and how strange it is at times. And, they're so good. They're such a good band, but this fucking song comes on and it's like immediately skip, immediately skip, immediately skip. I can't hear it anymore. I'm done. I'm done with this song. I, I, I wonder if there's a music video for it that I haven't seen. I don't know. I'm not going to fucking watch it. Maybe there is. I'm done. I cannot. Thank you, technology. I think we had a, um, uh, a podcast where we talked about like how great some things were and like I, uh, talked about how wonderful like this the shuffle the idea of the shuffle yeah. on a cd player was this idea of shuffle just in itunes 
boy, shuffle was made for me and not for this goddamn song. Which plays Just trying to charge my phone and listen to music. Not this song. That's so funny. Oh. I had that with some like it was like a, I don't know how I got it, but it was a Jimmy Buffett song that was on my on my phone, phone or iPod. I could not. I would just race yeah. my finger to the stop button. It's amazing. <laughs> It's how how dumb. I mean, what just a dumb reason for a song to to uh, just. I uh, can you imagine like just being like I keep coming back to this desert island motif, <laughs> like someone picking you up, like a, a like a boat comes and rescues you, and you're just like, oh my god! So they're like, I, we, how are you? I was like, I'm good. I'm so hungry. I'm, I've been starving for people's attention. I've been starving starving for music. And then like her song plays like. <laughs> Going back to the island. I, yeah. I'm, I'm out of here. Because you're not offering me anything else. He left out of the boat and, and guzzled water like you couldn't believe. I With... jumped over that over the rear of the boat right into the propellers and got chopped. <laughs> Have you thought about downloading a song like I don't know, "A Place in the Sun" by Stevie Wonder? Just so you'd have a different song that would come on first every time to give you a break uh, from a punk. It's one of those things where. Uh, I've almost gotten to the point where I just Bluetooth stream music to my car now instead mm. of plugging it in just to avoid it. I, it's like my car, my phone might write, I, I don't drive because of COVID and my job is at home now. I don't drive anywhere <laughs> anyway these yeah. days. So like, I don't have like this grand opportunity as much as I once did like every morning, literally plugging my phone in. Uh, but it's a good idea. I love it. I would like. I would opt to like rename it, but then I can't because it's oh, yeah. I yeah. <laughs> I love the first world problems that we complain about on the Mount Rushmore podcast. Sure, listening to good music too much. <laughs> uh, Richard, all right. This one is very specific to me as well. Um, I think it's because I go to a lot of soccer games. Oh. So if I have to hear Seven Nation Army, okay, yeah. um, anymore. I remember when that song came out. I don't know if you remember this, Michael, on our kickball team, the awesome. I remember, of course, I remember that Scott, our our team captain Scott Jones, was obsessed with this song and the fact that it was being played at soccer stadiums in Europe. Yeah, and and tried to get someone to play the drums to it so we could sing along, and it was a complete disaster, as most of the things that we tried were. Um, (laughs) but it's just. It's a great song. Like, it's a great song. I I love the White Stripes. Such a creative, inventive, powerful group. But I've heard this song now because of hearing it at soccer games a bajillion times, roughly. Yeah. And it's a such a basic song. And again, it's another one of those songs that starts off with a very distinctive riff at the beginning of the song. So when you first, when it first comes on your... Mm-hmm. Spotify Shuffle or Sirius XM or wherever you're listening to to it, you automatically you hear it. It's like, oh boy, here we go with this again. And I don't know. And again, maybe it's because there's better White Stripe songs, and this is the song they're going to be remembered by. Maybe that's a factor in it as well. I don't know. But it's just something about the doom. Doom, 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 doom. Maybe that's because that's pretty much all the song is. 
Maybe it's the fact that there's so much repetition within the song that even hearing it once, you feel like you've heard it a dozen times. Mm -hmm. So then when you actually hear it for 500 times, it feels like you've heard it 10,000 times. So I'm no knock on, on, on seven nation army. Great song. I'm, I'm good with it. We can, we can take a break. We can find other songs to chant at soccer stadiums that have distinct. Maybe you can do dear God. I don't know. Just chant that. I don't know. Let's find something else. Let's go through our stacks of records, find a local DJ who can recommend something from the early 2000s. Hive song. Chant along to a hive song. The hives were great. They need more love. Let's make that a thing. What did we talk about this track in another episode? I thought I thought we gave it a lot of discussion in another episode. I'm, I searched our website, uh, rushmorepodcast.com, to see if I could find it. But I know we talked. Was it was it? We might talking about the White Stripes as a band, possibly, and maybe thought, not the song. It wasn't. It wasn't music but... at stadiums, was it? Was it? Did we do a stadium rock? Did we do a, did we do, oh my God, this is 300 and however 60 episodes in. Yeah. Yes. Do you remember if we did a uh, Jock Jams? <laughs> I think we did a Jock Jams episode. Like, like, like Letterman. Did I interview Kira Sedgwick? I think I did. <laughs> right. I think I interviewed Kira Sedgwick. It's uh, entirely possible, but that this, this is a, a good segue into my fourth pick, Okay. Which okay. Is definitely okay. a song that I've talked about on this podcast before, possibly for my disdain for it just in general but it's in the summertime by mungo jerry which (laughs) is a song this is a song that i just hate and i just it's a song that to me feels like it's like if like chimpanzees overrided like a campground and they started accidentally playing music and they started (laughs) banging on like pots and pans or accidentally like blowing into a jug this song is like (laughs) This song is like the end result. So if you gave an infinite number of monkeys an infinite number of jugs, they would eventually write in the summertime. They would also uh, call themselves Mungo Jerry, which is just an awful name for a band. And that is what your decision... Like, people make, you know, what are the names of the bands that we've heard, that we've talked about today? XTC, Queen, uh, Violent Femmes, uh, The White Stripes dead or alive you know springsteen uh vampire, vampire weekend. weekend and and mungo jerry and there is just something he looks like wolverine got a perm <laughs> <laughs> he does he looks like he got zapped by storm and then like <laughs> like a wolverine logo i just like a guy who does not quit his job at the car wash to be famous <laughs> this is a song that i think is so vapid and stupid i think the lyrics are so dumb and it's just like this gorilla sounding and it's just like i can't stand it. and i think it's a song that uh like it's like a christmas playlist that comes up every summer some uh-huh moron is going to put this on their their summertime playlist because the word summertime is in it it's like yeah. i you know the, richard i know that you and your wife um sarah were just experts at crafting these little holiday christmas playlists 
And whenever you guys would send out CDs of them, I was always so thrilled because they would be so varied and different. This song would be as if you had put the same song on every playlist year right. after year without fail. And I think this song just, there's a part in the song too. And I'm sure this is part of my rant from, I don't know, 212 episodes ago where they just go, da, 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 like they just stop singing. They just start, yeah, he just, just starts chatting. And he just like, it's such a dumb song that even he doesn't want to sing about it. <laughs> and if the song just completely faded away um, from human history, great. Great. Bye-bye song. Uh, I do not need to hear it. I don't need to hear it in the summer. I don't need to hear it in the fall or autumn, whatever you want to call it. Springtime, winter, name a solstice. Neither of those two. <laughs> I'm done. You know the yeah. song I thought you were going to have on your list, and you may oh, not please. even remember that this was a thing. Mm. But I used to get texts and Gmail chats. This was back when Gmail chats was still a thing for us. Oh, my, my, um, my time capsule. I'm waiting to hear uh, about a coworker of yours who would constantly every day play the song "Brand New Key" by Melody. Oh yes. Oh. And you would get so angry about it because she would play it at about two I o'clock in the afternoon every day, and I would just yes. get the G chats like she's playing it again in all caps. Uh, hold on. That's I'm funny. Gonna, I'm going to my G chat and see what I can find while we're wrapping this up. <laughs> I didn't know Mungo Jerry was British. No, didn't he? They were. Yeah, yeah. they're British. The guy was working in a as a as a like a, a in a Timex watch factory when he wrote. He worked in a laboratory or something it's crazy who who to thunk that who to thunk huh. that huh uh okay so um uh, oh oh that brought up something summer songs uh, anything that says in the summertime or as a summer jam just gets so overplayed and it feels like so associated with kind of the dumbness of summer i think um that i think it's in danger of being a song that you kind of grow to hate afterwards and i imagine this was probably a summer hit the summer hit but uh you know i think of uh almost every black eyed peas song <laughs> seems like it was right. like a summer thing um yeah oh, richard here you go i have a subject line from june 12 2007 that's just awful music nice and um uh, on here, I suggested uh, Endless Love and I've Had the Time of My Life from Dirty Dancing. Uh-huh. Uh, a song that I, say, I said, Ladies' Night or whatever that funky song is called. You know the one. <laughs> right. uh, and then you came back with a bad music CD I had made uh, for last week. The Sign by Asa Bass, All That She Wants by Asa Bass. She's Like the Wind by Patrick Swayze. Sailing by Chris Cross. Uh, more, More, More by Andrea True Connection. Get Back Right to Where You Started From by Maxine Nightingale. I Just Called to Say I Love You by Stevie Wonder. Queen of Hearts by Juice Newton. Rock Me Gently by Andy Kim. Brand New Key by Melanie. You Make Me Feel Like Dancing by Leo Sora. And Don't Give Up on Us, Baby by David Soul. So, wow. brought the receipts. Wow. Yeah. All right, so here's the winners. Me, September 4th, 2008, a text to you that just says, or emailed you that says, JHC brand new key yes so, yes it was One of my favorite text i've ever received from you <laughs> no doubt
I think that's also an overtly sexual song too. Mm. That's inappropriate for the workplace. Um, well, I'm yeah, going to travel yeah, back in time. What you think the key is? Yeah. yeah. So the winners are XTC. Um, sorry, Dear God by XTC and Richard. I appreciate. I know that wasn't necessarily the the, the job the, the the task here, but you kind of kind of skewering. It's your favorite band, I think, right? Yeah, growing up in high school, they absolutely yeah. were. Yeah, throwing one of your idols on on the on the sword there, um, in the summertime because yeah, that's a, that's a dumb song, <laughs> and blister in the sun because yeah, and then the correct answer for number four, we, we didn't start the fire, oh. Oh. Um, because because I, I feel like it's a recurring very much anymore. I would I would that would be my only argument against it is it's it's so recognized as being kind of a shitty song. Even Billy Joel was like, I don't really like this song, and I really? know I have to play it sometimes. Yeah, he's even he's like, I don't really like the melody, and I was trying to do this with it, and it didn't really work. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna we're gonna agree to disagree on your choice, okay. Jeff. But even uh, though my my even though my opinion means absolutely, I think over squat. like like after the rains in Africa, I think Gen Z thinks it's cool or something like that because I he, I'll hear at my gym they're all playing it, and they're all kind of clapping around, and they'll look at me like. This is an old song that you like. And I'm like, ah! hey, Jeff, you're old. You'll like you're, this song. You're old. You're like, I liked yeah. it when it was called It's the End of the World as We Know It. Like, that's how about, like. How, oh, how about for our full thoughts on We Didn't Start the Fire and It's the End of the World as You Know It by Go REM. Go listen to our back to back podcast from about <laughs> four years ago on those two episodes. Oh, two of my favorites. Yeah. We're looping. You guys, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. No, it's okay. The world uh, comes back on itself. That's why it well, spins around this world like yeah. a record. <laughs> uh, but did I show you a picture of Pete George today or that guy, Pete Burns? What's his name? Pete Best. Uh, Pete show Best. me a picture of Pete Best. I'd like Pete, to see that. Is, guys, just so you know, um, this is what Pete Best looks like today. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another oh, Madonna photo. Another Madonna. Okay, this has been... Oh, and let me do the thing. This has been the... Ah. A song I never get tired of hearing. <laughs> of songs that Michael likes that aren't very good that Richard does it. Uh, I'm always Jeff. I'm Richard. I'm Michael. And fading. And fail. Oh. Well, da -da -da, da -da -da.